My name is Marizal and I will be your online host for today. If this is your first time visiting us, please let us know. You can text NEW to 604-285-5770 or visit mythrive.info and we will mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. We are delighted to have you here at Thrive. Sir John 1 verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Here at Thrive, We've prepared a fun and interactive children program for children ages 3 to 12. If you're a parent or have children at home, help them to walk in truth. Simply by visit mythrive.info and click Thrive Kids for all the kids' activities. There's also information to our weekly children online Zoom class happening every Sunday from 10.45am to 11.15am. Now I'm going to pass the time over to Pastor JB. Let's get ready for a powerful time today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church. Whether you're visiting us on site or you're here with us online, it is so good to have you here. My name is JB. I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive, and I want to welcome you to an amazing Sunday here at Thrive Church. If this is your first time here, you're what we call our VIP, and we especially want to welcome you. In fact, if you want to go on your phone to mythrive.info and press the button that says New to Thrive, we have a special gift to give to you. It's your very own stainless steel Thrive Church water bottle. If you're visiting us online, we'd love to send it straight to your door. If you're visiting us on site, we would love to send it to you at the Welcome Center, just at the end of our service, just outside. Either way, whether you're visiting us on site or online, you are our VIP. Can we give all of our VIPs a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? It is so good to have each and every one of you here. In fact, we have a saying here at Thrive, which is that welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, would you just welcome one another to church today? Maybe if you're watching online, would you go in your chat room and welcome one another in your chat room? Maybe you're watching with someone beside you. Would you give them a hug or a handshake or a high five, whatever's appropriate, and just welcome to church today? And maybe you're here on site right now. Would you find a pe- some people you haven't said hi to yet today? Give them an air high five, an air handshake, an air hug, whatever's appropriate, and just say it is so good to have you here. So good to have each and every one of you here. You guys are a beautiful church. We uh, are always so, so overjoyed when we get to spend time together, whether it's on site or online. And we just want to welcome each and every one of you, whether it's your first time here, you've been here before, to Thrive Church today. Well, it's exciting to, to think of what's happening today. We've got a number of people getting baptized today. We're very excited about that. Give God some praise for that. It's Baptism Sunday happening later on this afternoon. We can't wait. Uh, I don't have my swimsuit on right now, but I will later on. And we'll be 
a lot of fun to you know help people celebrate uh, just their new relationship with Jesus. And we're just going to encourage uh, those of you who are uh, still thinking about getting baptized uh, to take that next step because that next step is not a graduation. It is a beginning and you'll be so glad you did it. Uh, I encourage you to go to mythrive.info, press the baptism button for more information on baptism. But praise God, it's Baptism Sunday. We can't wait to baptize our friends later on today. And praise God, the best is yet to come. Well, we are into, uh, you know, the, 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 the series that we're doing today uh, that we're so excited for called Rise Up and Wise Up. Before we get into that, let's get our Bibles right now. If you have your Bibles, it's time to get that out. Why don't you hold up in your like so? And this is just our way to get our hearts ready for our message today. It's just a fun way to get our hearts ready. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you hold up in your like so? Maybe you didn't bring a Bible. That's okay. Why don't you point to the Bible of someone near you? And we're just going to make this proclamation together in faith right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, by the way, if you're new to church generally, if you've never been to church before, if you're new to Jesus, you're new to the Bible, you're just kind of exploring, you're curious, we are especially thrilled that you're here. We hope that you find that Thrive is a safe place for you, a place where you can be yourself, a place where you can find hope, community, a place where you can ask the questions that are on your mind. If we can be serving you in any kind of way, then we'd love to hear from you. You can always email us at info at thrivechurch.ca, and we would love to hear from you. We're doing a series here at Thrive. It is called Rise Up and Wise Up. And in this series, we're looking at the powerful book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, looking at how do you find hope and wisdom through this book that's all about gaining wisdom. If you need more wisdom in this place, then uh, I, I think you are going to really benefit from this, this series. If you have missed any episode of the series so far, we highly encourage you to go check out our Thrive Church Vancouver podcast. You go to our YouTube channel to catch up on all that you've missed because we've had an amazing time in this series called Rise Up and Wise Up. Have you guys enjoyed this series so far? We've had an incredible time going through the book of Proverbs together, and today is certainly no exception. We have the, uh, you know, uh, a big, big blessing to our church family here to, to, to share uh, our message today. It's Pastor Tim Ashoi. He's here. Every time he brings the message to us, we're always so encouraged. We're always so blessed. And so without uh, you know, hesitating, without any delay, I'm going to invite Pastor Tim up right now to bring the message. Let's give Pastor Tim Ashoi a big hand as he brings the message to us today. Let's give a big hand to God. Let's give a big hand to Pastor Tim. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor JB. What a joy it is to be with Thrive again this morning. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful life when you know Jesus. It's a wonderful night life when, when you gain wisdom as to how to really live out your life in this world. Uh, as we have the wisdom of God, we have the blessings of God. Uh, Solomon asked not for things. He didn't ask for long life. He asked for wisdom. And because he asked for wisdom, he got that which he could have asked for. But you see, when we ask for wisdom, we get all the benefits that come with having the wisdom of God. And a beautiful, marvelous kingdom broke forth in the days that Solomon led and ruled. And, uh, and when the queen of Sheba came to see the kingdom that uh, Solomon had built by the wisdom of God, it wasn't Solomon's wisdom, it was the wisdom of God, 
she was overwhelmed. And I believe in a similar way as, um, as we operate in, in what we are called to do and we, as with humility we cry out to God saying, God, we need wisdom. I believe that people will be amazed and, and actually they will desire something of what you and I have because God is in it and, and there's an unusual sense of blessing as we walk in the wisdom of God. I might say at the outset also when Solomon was asking for wisdom, he said, you know, I don't know how to go in and I don't know how to go out. Uh, he, he was desperate for, for something in his life that all of us need, and that was for wisdom. And God gave him that wisdom, and many great things followed as a result of that. <clears throat> The book of Proverbs is filled with wise, contrasting statements that, when put into practice, reduce error in our lives and makes life better. Uh, in wisdom and in the book of Proverbs, we are, we are told where life is really at. You know, people have their ideas of where life is at. You say, if I just had this, or if I could just go there, uh, then, you know, life would be great. Uh, no, it's different than that. When we have the wisdom of God, <clears throat> and we, when we have God himself working in our lives, that's where life is really at. And that's what we hear repeatedly at Thrive. I, I love the message of, that we hear at Thrive again and again that our life is in Christ, and if we have Christ, we have every, everything that we need in our lives to succeed and really go forward in life. We can find wisdom in the, in the book of Proverbs for our relationships, for business, for our families, for personal improvement. You know, there's a lot of people in this world today that are going after personal improvement, well, go to the book, book of Proverbs and you'll find many, many wonderful statements and principles for personal improvement. Uh, education, morality. Uh, the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about moral life and upright life and warns us against immorality, which is so destructive in relationships and in people's personal lives. And, and so, so God only wants to give us that which is good. In the book of Proverbs, we, we find uh, lessons on time and how to live our lives in time. But we also learn lessons as to how we, we should live our lives in view of eternity, which is so important. You know, many, uh, many trainers and, and, and people who are teaching people how to live their lives here in this world, they leave out the eternal component. It's, it's all about time. It's all about now and all about what you can do in the next year and the next 10 years and, you know, how you can finish well and so on. But many times they, they leave out the whole eternal aspect. But the book of Proverbs gives us an eternal perspective as well. The list goes on with great sayings and great truths uh, from the book of Proverbs. Someone has said, a proverb a day keeps the devil away. And uh, I, th I think that's a good saying. It's fitting. It's true. Now, today we're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 30. And we're going to uh, re refer to verses 24 to 28. And, uh, and so here we go. 
as we read Proverbs chapter 30, 24. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Say with me, extremely wise. Extremely wise. Somebody say, wow, wow. Extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. And then there's a, another little creature here. It's called Heraxis. Are creatures of little power, yet they make their home in the crags or in the rocks. Then there is the other creature here that's listed, locusts, who have no king, yet they advance together in ranks. And then there's one more that we're going to look at today, and that's the lizard. It can be caught with the hand, yet it is found in kings' palaces. Interesting statement on little creatures or four things on earth that are small, yet extremely wise. Say with me again that those two words, extremely wise. Extremely wise. So let us learn wisdom from these four small creatures who are re extremely wise, as said in Scripture. Uh, not just one of them are, are the epitome of wisdom, I might say, but all of them together give us a little more comprehensive view of what wisdom is. So in life, more than one piece or illustration makes us wise. You know, not one statement is the epitome of all wisdom. Uh, there are many components to wisdom, I guess we could say. And so we're going to look at these different creatures one by one here this morning. The ant. What does the ant teach us? Well, there's many things. I'm going to, I'm going to share a few things about the ant this morning. Uh, but the main thing about the ant, we know they're a very industrious little, little creature, but the main thing that we want to look at this morning is that they have the long range in view. The brain size of an ant is about the size of a grain of salt. Not a big brain, but a lot of smarts there. They have a sense of virtue, and Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 to 8 tells us that they are awesome workers. Matter of fact, that verse starts out, go to the ant, you lazy person, or you sluggard, and learn. Learn how to work and how to be industrious in life. And it says, consider its ways and be wise. It has no boss to tell him what to do, verse 7 tells us. But he stores its provisions in the summer and gathers food and harvest for the future. Beyond that statement, we learn things about the ant like they, they're earth movers. They can carry loads many times their weight. 
And, you know, I, I believe a part of life should be that every one of us should, uh, should be able to carry the load that is assigned to us well. God has an assignment for us to do things in life. And like the ant, we should take up that assignment and say, I'm going to do the job. I'm going to do my work well. I will work hard. And the ant is an amazing little creature. As a matter of fact, they, they claim that an ant can carry up to 50 times its weight. Give it 50 times its weight and it'll somehow move that. Amazing creature. They have communication systems between each other and they communicate well. They respect their colonies each other's place. It is said of them that they are social planners. And coming back to this again, which we're going to be emphasizing, they store up for winter and even for famine. They, they live with the future in mind. So they store up. Weaver ants sow leaves together to make a house. They carry things together when something's too heavy. They make a trail that others can follow. That's a good one. There's a lot of things we could say this morning about the ant, and we could unfold a lot of this more. I'm just highlighting a few things here this morning. Uh, some of these ants can, can move at high speed, up to 45 miles per hour. They make a trail that others can follow, and, uh, and uh, the army ant has a head like a shield and uh, creates walls for protection. They have an amazing child care system. If there's distress and any threat that comes to their, their family, they are very, very protective. As a matter of fact, it is said that they will die to save their young. They, they lay down their lives like a good shepherd. And uh, every dad and mom should be like shepherds over their family and looking after their children. Of course, we know that applies to the church as well. When you become part of a, a local church, there's a, there's a system whereby uh, we come into this relationship with others and we're cared for, we're pastored and and so what happens in the church is a little bit like what happens in, a, in an ant pile where there's care for the people. And Thrive is an amazing church that really cares for people. Uh, they re really care for one another around here. Turn to somebody and say, we care for each other. We care for each other. And John chapter 15 says, Greater love is no one than to lay down his life for his friends. They make certain noises. You don't think of these little creatures as making noises, but they make noises other ants can hear, thus messaging important things to each other. They harvest leaves and they build islands and prep for rainstorms. These islands will float and the ants will be on those little islands. Amazing. So, but above all, they are known to be industrious 
And a lot of what they do is not just for now, but they're thinking about the future. You see, truly wise people keep all that they do with eternity in view. They keep everything they do in a, with an eternal perspective. We're not just living for now, but we're living for eternity. We're not just living for this generation. We're living for the next generation and the next generation. Sandra and I had the privilege of visiting our families here in the last few weeks. And we have children, three children. And those three children had children, which are our grandchildren. And the children averaged three children each, because we have nine grandchildren. Uh, and uh, then now we, uh, these uh, nine grandchildren are having children, which means that uh, Sandra and I have become great-grandparents. And so, you know, in our lives now, we, we're not thinking only of our children. Our children are all doing well in life and, and are serving in effective ways in their lives and churches and community and so forth. Uh, but we're thinking also, they're thinking about their children, but we're also thinking about our grandchildren and, and our great-grandchildren and where God will take them in their lives it's really exciting when you, when you think generationally because God wants to bless even to a, thou, to, to a thousand generations. That's our God. Our God is a long-term God. He thinks into the future. And then, of course, we think in terms of eternity. How is what we are doing today going to impact eternity? Well, the ant is focused on the future. Uh, how is what you are doing and what I am doing, how is this impacting generationally, but how is it impacting eternity? You know, it's, I, I found that in, in many corporate stories, it's kind of sad. You see uh, a mom and a dad who raise up a great corporation. It might be a huge store, a chain of stores, this next generation sort of carries it out. And by the time you get to the third generation, many times it's all petered out. It's not there anymore. You know, big companies like Eaton's and Woodward's and different ones uh, uh, lasted, you know, two, three generations, and then it died. And you ask the question, what happened? Well, somewhere along the line, maybe in the second or the third generation, they did not have a... Uh, a, a longer view in mind. They, they were not like the ant who said, you know, we're, we're, we're building not just for now, but we're building for the future. We need to live with eternity in view. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 tells us, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, and costly stones, wood, hay, straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. 
If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer a loss, but yet will be saved even though as one escaping through the flames. So here we are. We're encouraged to build, you know, on, on, on good foundations, on that which is lasting, not just wood, hay, straw that can easily burn, but that which can run through the tests of time and, and endure. So as God's people, as those who are growing in God and growing in wisdom, we want to be building for eternity. That's why we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's so important. The kingdom of God is an eternal kingdom. We are planning for what endures. The best is yet to come. Can you say that? The best is yet to come. We have an enduring city. We have an enduring uh, kingdom that we are working toward. So therefore, we prepare to meet God. I grew up in the central part of British Columbia. For many years, we, sp we spent our lives there. And just north of the city, there was a, a silo where they stored uh, their uh, uh, food for the cows. And when you drive by on the highway there, there was a sign on the top of a silo, and this farm was owned by some Christian people. And right at the top was written, Prepare to meet thy God. It was in the old English way. It was spoken and written in those days. Prepare to meet thy God. I thought, you know, how many people drove by there and saw that over the years on, on, that, on Highway 97. Uh, and there it is, prepare to meet the God, thy God. In other words, think about eternity. Think a little bit. The wise think about eternity. The wise think about the future. And we will endure hardness to achieve the very best for the, the, the future. Proverbs 6, verse 8 talks about the ant. It stores its provision in the summer and gathers its food at harvest because they know another day is coming, winter is coming. They're, they want to be prepared for the future. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17-18 says, Our light affliction and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not what on, on not on what is seen, but what is unseen. What is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So we're not just looking at material things in our lives, you know, gathering more material things, more material things, and so forth. No, we're looking at what is enduring, thinking beyond now with eternity in view. And that's one lesson, one great lesson we learned from the ant. The next one we're going to look at is the Haraxis or the Dasis, or in modern language, the rock rabbit. And the lesson we're going to learn from the rock rabbit is that God is my rock. Included in the exceeding wise creatures is this rock rabbit. And he looks kind of like a... a um, 
a, a little weasel or something like that, kind of a little more fat than a weasel. Well, that's, that's the creature that is referred to here. Uh, one of the things we learn about this little creature is in the morning, they, they like to get out and sunbathe in the morning, and they don't want to be out at night uh, because they are very sensitive to predators. They are on the lookout for predators. Now, there's, there's a lesson right there for us. I believe we should be somewhat alerted to and aware of and on the lookout for a chief predator that really wants to destroy our lives. The enemy, we are told, comes to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 tells us, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. All of us have this chief enemy who is seeking to devour us. He is out there to get you and to get me. You say, that's, that's pretty mean. Yeah, it is pretty mean. The devil is not, not a, a kind person ultimately. He is, a destroy, he is the destroyer. That's his business. He seeks to kill and to destroy. So... The rock rabbit recognizes that they have chief enemies, and so what do they do? This is the wisdom of, 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 of this rock rabbit. Well, they run to the rock. They hide in the rocks. And that's the wisdom that we learn from, from this little creature. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4 tells us that our God is the rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. He's so just and so good, and he wants to protect us because he is the rock. The only real rock. I mean, there are places of safety that we can hide in, in this life. Uh, in practical terms, there are, there, there are shelters, but ultimately for all eternity and for all of time the greatest rock is our god and we run to him deuteronomy 32 verse 31 says there there is not a rock like our rock psalm 18 the lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer my god is 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 my rock whom I t in whom I take refuge. Be my rock of refuge, David said. Psalm 61, from the ends of the earth I called you, and my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Psalm 62, he is my rock and my salvation. I will never be shaken because he is my rock. You see, wise people build on the rock, and they hide in the rock because that's the place of true safety. When the storms come, the, rocks with, the rock withstands the storm. Let us be wise like the rock rabbit. Stay near the rock. Run to the rock when you are threatened and find yourself 
hidden in him. Build your life on and around the rock. Turn to somebody and say, build your life on the rock. Number three, the locusts. They they advance in ranks and in unity. They They are noted as an organized army. You read about them in the book of Joel. They are unified in what they are doing. When they decide they're going to go into an area in a swarm, they will, they will unify in purpose, and they conquer big because they do not do it alone. Someone who told me, a number of years ago, that they were going to take on the principality of a city because some people believe, you know, over, there are ruling principalities that are evil over cities, and thus people are subjected to those principalities, and thus they act the way they do and do the things they do. And and I'm not going to get into a lot of that, but that that is a belief out there. And so this person said to me one day, he says, "I'm taking on this principality single-handedly." I have authority, and I'm going to pull this principality down, and this wicked stuff will not operate in our city anymore. And I immediately responded to the person. I said, I'm not so sure that one person is called to take on a principality like that. I said, I think maybe it might take a little bit more. Long story short, this this man's life went into devastation. And the, 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 the reaction, the spiritual reaction that came was very devastating in his life. And uh, he changed the course of his life, of course, later and got back on track. But I believe when we're dealing with some of the things we are dealing with, uh, it, we need a unified army, as it were, a unified army of prayer, a unified army who walk together in purpose and this is where I believe the local church comes in. We are the body of Christ, and we work together to conquer, and we, we engage certain battles, and we see victories take place because we are unified in prayer. We are unified in purpose. And that's how the locusts work. They, they work in, with a sense of, of unity and togetherness, and they say, we're going in and we're moving and we're, we're taking out this crop, and they do it in short order. They'll, they'll wipe out an area. They're like the army of the Lord, as the Bible teaches concerning these creatures. And so the army of the Lord is likened to locusts. When I was a boy growing up on the farm in Saskatchewan, we actually saw these creatures in action come and wipe out my father's crop. It, it was very, very devastating, to say the least. And when these locusts come in, they just, they just, they just eat it all up. They have the ability to take out things like that. And, of course, the farmers later including my father, found uh, that there was a killer spray that was able to deal with these creatures. And some of them, they actually 
because there were such huge areas, they would spray with airplanes. And uh, we were glad to see those come because the locusts were dealt with. But the farmers who could not afford the spray suffered total loss. I think in this we, we, we learn a lesson also of individual strength compared to corporate strength. Individually, we have great authority and we have great strength, but there's nothing like joining arm to arm, heart to heart, in unity with the body of Christ and see things conquered. Local church is God's tool. It's his army as well. Well, we don't hear much about the church as an army, but the church is to be like an army. We are soldiers, and we are in an army. And I believe as we work together, we can move in, and we can cut down the works of the enemy and destroy that which needs to be destroyed. Uh, we need to band together to conquer. We know that two horses can pull more than double when they are in unity. More than double, not just double. You say, oh, yeah, two of them together would double. No, they, they pull more than double. Uh, geese flying in form when they head south from the north, and they go to find a warmer place. They, they fly in form, and because they fly in form and in unity, they have a 71% advantage in cutting through the wind reducing uh, the wind that's pushing them back because they fly in this V form. In a similar way, I believe that we can conquer as we learn how to walk together, work together, and conquer where God wants us to conquer. They tell us that geese can fly because they do it this way. They can fly up to 1,000 kilometers a day. You see, flying together, we have an advantage in overcoming what normally slows us down. If we will just learn how to walk together and how to fly together. Turn to somebody and say, I want to learn how to fly together. And we want to learn how to do this thing together. And, and the, the locusts did that. Like someone said, and it's heard widely these days, teamwork makes the dream work. As we work in team, it makes all the difference. David's mighty men were skilled, and they assembled for war in unity. They were like a, a locust army, and thus they took out the enemy that was in front of them. The last one we're going to look at this morning is the, the lizard, or really it's the gecko, and, and the the quality is influence. I have been privileged over the years to, to get into uh, some high-level, you could say, situations where I never dreamed that I would ever, ever find myself in life among uh, very influential people uh, and people that, that I, being in contact with, found great blessing to be around them. One time somebody asked me, how in the world did you ever get into that area of your life? Well, I said, you know, the lizard knows how to get into the palace. I'm just a lizard. <laughs> and, and somehow God has given me the privilege of getting to know some very wonderful people over years and uh, people that I never even dreamed that I'd ever come into contact with. Uh, 
And uh, Proverbs 30, verse 28 says, The lizard can be caught with the hand, yet is found in king's palaces. Amazing. In Hawaii, the first trip that Sandra and I had to Hawaii was many years ago. And uh, at that time, the place we stayed in, uh, underneath the door, there was a space. So lizards could, uh, these little lizards, these little geckos could come in and out and they'd walk on the walls and they'd even walk on the ceilings. And Sandra loved them at first sight. No, not really. Uh, uh, <laughs> She was, she was thinking, where in the world did we come? We thought we'd come to paradise, and there's these lizards crawling around on the walls. <laughs> it was funny. And, uh, and there they were. Uh, the wisdom we learned from is, the, is the lizard can make it into places of authority and influence. And I'm saying, so can you. The wisdom we learn is if the lizard can make it into places of authority and influence, any of us can be used by God in places that we never dreamed of. Don't say, I'm just a gecko. Say, I am a gecko who can get into places. <laughs> I can get into places of influence. <laughs> They'll, they'll, they'll be influenced by me some way or another. It's a great con consolation to know in, in Hawaii or in Thailand or some of those countries that while you're sleeping, these creatures are actually coming in to control the bugs. And uh, yeah, they might fall on your pillow in the middle of the night, but they'll have the bug under control. I want to say to you this morning, you can have an influence in high places, even if you feel you are maybe just like a little gecko. I think of the story of, of Naaman in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman was a great commander, high authority person, but he had leprosy. His life was in trouble. Valiant, victorious, but a leper. And he looked for every solution and couldn't find a solution. And leprosy is a terrible thing. It can, once it gets into your system, it can kill the nerves and eat away the flesh. So you'll end up with no fingers or whatever. And uh, God brought what I say was just a little insignificant person into his life to conquer something very, very big. And it was a little maid. The Bible tells us this little maid was serving Naaman's wife and she learns of the desperate condition of Naaman and uh, the fact that his life and the, at least the, the kind of good life that you would hope a person would have, would, he would not have because this was eating away at him. 
she became aware of this disease that Naaman had through his wife. And she had a message for this high-level level government official. Now, she was like a slave girl. She was a little nobody in that situation, as people would see it. But when she heard of this problem, she said, I know a prophet that God uses to heal people. And God will use this man, if you're introduced to him, God will use this man to bring healing to you. And Naaman said, let's go find him. Let's go. And Elisha, when he rises to this situation and is confronted with the situation, he begins to give instructions that uh, Naaman, who is this great commander, didn't think that, you know, who, who is this man to tell me what to do? And he was about to turn away and go back and say, forget all this. Because Elisha had asked him to do a very humbling thing, and that was to go into a, a dirty river and dip seven times and thus be healed. And, and of course, the message came to Naaman that if he had asked you to do some really, really difficult thing, wouldn't you do it to be healed? And reasoned with him, he came to his senses and he obeyed the prophet. And guess what? He was healed, completely healed. What a marvelous story. But how did that healing really take place? It took this little maid who was like a little gecko in the, in the, in the palace. And God used her to bring about this great thing for this man who had lost all hope. See, the doctors couldn't heal, but this little girl gave direction, and it made all the difference. You might be feeling like a little gecko in the king's palace, but you have been placed as a captive, maybe even, in a situation you feel like you're a captive, but you can bring good news to a palace, and you can be very, very, very wise, even just by introducing the right person to the right person. God took Paul to the palace. He took him on a ship that was being wrecked, and he actually, actually was giving direction to, to those who were driving that ship and, and would bring them to safety, but it was like he was a little nobody. He was a jailer there on that boat, like a little gecko. But God used him mightily in the end. Paul took, Paul took, God took Paul to the palace, a captive, a prisoner of Christ, to bring good news. And in those places, he was used by God to lead people like Onesimus to Christ, who was a runaway slave. He was an ambassador on a sinking ship that would bring hope. 
If a gecko can get into the palace, God can get you and I where he wants us also. Can you say amen? He can get you where he wants you to be. I want to be one of those little geckos that God says are very, very wise. They know how to get into a palace. They know when the opening is there. They know when where the crack in the door is, and, and they can get in because they're there bringing a good message of hope. It may not be a palace that God will take you into. It may be a place of influence in business. You may be a janitor in a great business that will have the opportunity to sow the right seed, point somebody in the right direction, invite them to go to church maybe with their friend, and it can make all the difference in their life. You see, affecting who knows might be the story of your life. But be open to how God will take you, how God will take me. You know, all of these creatures teach us great lessons. They're, they're called little things that affect big things. Say with me, little things that affect big things. Little things that affect big things. The so-called little in man's sight, disabled in some way, Viewed as a little gecko, not by God's standard, but by man's standard, can do great things for the kingdom of God. For 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is an interesting chapter. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise the intelligent of the intelligent, and I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through his wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of of what was preached to save those who believe. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, the wisdom of God, and for the wisdom of God is stronger than human strength. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise, and God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Isn't that amazing? I'm going to read that again. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world, chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to the things that are so that no one may boast. Let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. That's where it's at. Turn to somebody and say, that's where it's at. Four small, small things exceeding wisdom lessons. The ant lives with eternity or the future in view. The rock rabbit lives his life around the rock. The locust destroys in unity what should be destroyed. And the gecko 
influences in a very subtle, simple way to bring about the purposes of God and to bring about healing and hope for those who desperately need it. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, wow, I need, I need wisdom in my life. You know, wisdom comes as we humble ourselves and we ask God, ask for wisdom and he'll give it to you and he'll give it to you liberally. I pray God's blessing on your life. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Can we thank Pastor Tim for the message today and give God some praise at the same time? Can we do that together? <laughs> praise God. When I was listening to Pastor Tim speak, I, I could just imagine him one day being the narrator of like a BBC Animal Planet kind of documentary. Wouldn't you love to see that? Wouldn't you, I, I, would, I would pay money to see that. I think he'd do such a great job of that. But I want to thank Pastor Tim for uh, this message today, looking at four animals that Proverbs points to, you know, ants, uh, you know, hyraxes, locusts, lizards. Uh, here's the thing. If you were to see any one of these animals in your home, what would, you, <laughs> what would your reaction be? I know that when uh, my wife and I, we, we just recently moved, but in our old place, we had these, uh, these seasonal ant invasions in our home where we'd see all these animals come in, these ants come in. Uh, and of course, I was kind of taking the perspective that these guys are home invaders. And so I need to destroy them with either a slipper or my cell phone. Uh, my wife was a lot more gentle. She didn't want them in the house either, but she would use peppermint spray. Uh, not pepper spray, but peppermint spray. Uh, and, you know, of course, we had our, our other kids who uh, enjoyed seeing them as pets. How about for you? If, if you look at any one of these animals, say the ant, the hyrax, the locust, uh, you know, the lizard, I, I know some of us, we might look at it as, uh, you know, a pillager, a home invader. Get out, get them out of my house. Uh, some of us, we might look at it as a pet. Oh, they're so cute. Let me keep one. Uh, some of you, we, we might look at it as, as prey, as dinner. We're like, oh my goodness. If I deep fried that thing, that might, that might that might be really good. It depends on kind of what culture you come from and I guess uh, what your preferences are. But the reason I mention that is this. These are all small animals, but uh, you know, the book of Proverbs extracts a valuable, precious lesson from each of them. And in, in the same way, I'm here to let you know is that each one of us, we are comparatively speaking to the rest of this universe, we are small creatures, but we are valuable to God. And the fact is that though, you know, we are as small as we are, you know, the Bible says that we are loved by God. What is man that he is mindful of him? The son of man that he cares for him. That, that, that's, the, what, that's what Psalm 8 says. And I'm here to let you know is that because God looks upon you uh, not as uh, just someone insignificant, someone who doesn't matter, but someone who is loved by him and precious to him. That's why he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. Uh, so that with an eternal, long-term view in mind, that he wanted us to be with him, not just for now, but for eternity. That's why when our sins separate us from God, God sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven. And though we are small, you know, the wisest thing that we could possibly do is to realize that we need a savior and his name is Jesus. And if that's you today and you realize that you need forgiveness for your sins, in just a moment, I want to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer to receive God's forgiveness. But let me tell you this, is what, when you pray this prayer, what's going to happen is like, uh, you know, like the, uh, like, like, uh, like the rock badger, the rock rabbit, the hyrax, is that you might be living in a time of uncertainty, but when you have Jesus in your life, you have a rock that you can hide in. 
you know, just like the locust. You might feel small, but when you have Jesus in your life, not only do you have a savior to protect you, but you also become part of the most powerful, most, uh, most, the most, like the most diverse family and army. You can't see his, the king of it, but his name is Jesus. Uh, you know, like the lizard, you might feel weak and defenseless, but when you have Jesus in your life, you get to live with the king. And, you know, finally, like the ant, is that we want to make the most out of the opportunity to have Jesus in our lives while we still can before it's too late. And so with that in mind, I want to encourage you right now, if you know that you, you, you need Jesus' forgiveness in life, you need his peace that only he can give, then I want to encourage you to respond today by uh, scanning the QR code that's on your screen. You can click the link that's on your chat room for those of you watching online. Uh, and I'm going to encourage you to pray this prayer with us. If you click that link, you scan that code, it's going to take you to a prayer page that uh, will just basically have a prayer on it that you can pray with us today to accept Jesus Christ and his forgiveness into your life. And so if that's you, you realize you need that today, then I encourage you to make the most of this opportunity right now. Why don't you click that link? Why don't you scan that code? And we're going to pray this with you so that you're not doing it alone. Trust me, you're not alone doing this. We're going to pray with you this prayer uh, to ask Jesus Christ and his forgiveness to fill your life today. Let's all pray to this. And we say, dear Jesus, thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins. You rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart and I ask you, please forgive me of all my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that prayer, then according to the Bible, you are a child of God. You are forgiven of your sins. You have a new relationship with God, not based on anything you've done, but based on what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me. And so a big congratulations to all of you who prayed that prayer. Can we give a big hand to those who prayed that prayer for the first time today? Big congratulations to you. At the bottom of that prayer page that you just used, there is a little link where you can uh, access some gifts that we want to give to you just to congratulate you on this decision that you've made as would encourage you in this newfound relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We'd love for you to receive that, so encourage you to make the most of that right now. And at the same time, as we hand the time to the band to lead us in a song, I invite those of you who call throughout church, your home church, you just believe in the work that God is doing here. Let's give our faithful tithes, our generous offerings, knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds everything we need. And when we give the little that we have, he can do much with it. And so let's do that together right now. Let's give our very best to God because he gave his very best to us. Jesus, the anchor of my soul, I'm overwhelmed. 
Jesus, the anthem. 
Can we give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Praise God. Let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that uh, we, though we're small compared to this universe, that we are significant in your eyes. So much so that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. We thank you, God, for the lessons we learned today from your word. Uh, we thank you, God, that though we might live in a time of uncertainty, that we have a rock that we can hide in. His name is Jesus. We thank you that though we might some, sometimes feel alone and lonely, thank you, God, that like the locusts, we are people who are part of a bigger family. It's the most powerful army. It's the army that you, call, that, 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 that you command. Uh, it's the kingdom of God. We thank you, Jesus, that like the ant, that we can make the most out of the opportunities we have today and, the, and to think long-term and not short-term. Would you help each one of us to have the wisdom to do that today? And because it's all about you, we pray all of your blessing, your protection, your peace, your wisdom, strength, comfort, healing, hope and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again, that we would live for you and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give one more hand, one more clap, one more shout to God in this place? Praise God. That brings our service to a close, but our worship continues. Let's continue to worship God in all that we do. Have an amazing rest of your weekend, everybody. We love you. God loves you. Praise God. The best is yet to come. We'll see you guys next week for the continuation of our series, Rise Up and Wise Up. You don't want to miss next week's episode. Praise God. Congratulations in advance to all of our baptizees today here at Baptism Sunday, and we'll see you guys really soon. Take care, everybody. Love you guys. Hey everyone, welcome to Thrive Church and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I really hope you have an amazing time with us today. Before we finish the service today, I've got a few announcements for you. If this is your first time visiting us, we would love to connect with you. Please text NEW to 604-285-5770 or visit mythrive.info. We want to give you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle to thank you for spending your precious time with us at Thrive today. If you are joining us online, we'll mail the water bottle straight to your mailing address. And if you're with us on site at Thrive Center, you can visit our welcome center outside the exit after the service. One of our greeters will welcome you with a big smile and give you your water bottle. We're so excited for those of you who prayed the prayer to receive Jesus today. We understand you might still have questions, so we want to send you a series of videos recorded by Pastor JB and Pastor Charlene that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. Other than the videos, the gift package also includes a beautiful Thrive mug and a Starbucks e-gift card just for you. So if you've received Jesus today, let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-285-5770 or by visiting mythrive.info. We'll mail you the gift package if you're joining online or you can pick up your gift in person at the Welcome Center on your way out today. Today is Baptism Sunday. Congratulations to everyone who will be baptized today. Your baptism is a step of obedience, a leap of faith, and the beginning of a walk with the Lord that will last forever. If you're interested in getting baptized, it's never too late. Sign up is available at mythrive.info. Thrive Church is now meeting both online and on site at Thrive Center at 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. For those of you who are joining us on site, Please know that we have safety protocols in place with pre-registration required to keep you and our team members safe. 
To pre-register for the in-person services, please visit thrivechurch.ca forward slash reopening. That is all for the announcements this week. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at mythrive.info. If you prefer to give by cash or a check, there's an offering box by the auditorium wall on your way out as well. Have a wonderful Sunday and I'll see you next week online or on site for the next episode of the Rise Up and Wise Up message series from Pastor JB. Stay blessed.